It's almost like love when you're listening to WMNF Tampa. Tampa, St. Pete, and around the globe at 88.5 on your FM dial. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Good morning to you, my dear kindred friends, and welcome to the Healthy Steps Radio Show here on WMNF Tampa, where both truth and great music proudly call it their home, and the only station that they stream in Wistfield Vista. You, too, can stream us at WMNF.org. Today is our Ask Me Anything edition of the Healthy Steps Radio Show, the purest link between you and Dr. Harvey, so you know what to do, and in the off case that you don't, let me lay it on you one more time. If you have any medical questions or concerns, just give us a little jingle at 813-239-9663. Irene has dedicated her morning to taking your call, and you can also send an email to dj at wmnf.org, or text us at 813-433-0885. Well, Dr. Fred, AMA always seems to bring out the best in our listeners. I've heard callers with concerns and apprehension in their voice, and I've heard their audible sense of understanding when you have addressed their issues. And just last week, you had George call back on in to give you an astonishing update about how just following a few practical steps that you had advised had radically improved his health. Of course, not every case is so impressively remedied, but it is my observation that it almost always is attributed to the individual taking control of their situation and practicing the root fundamentals of good health to recovery. And I am reminded that not everyone's query is as easily unraveled, but at least they have a new starting point in grokking their situation. As always, I am excited about the almost limitless possibilities of AMA Monday, and your listeners have not tuned in to hear me prattle on, so let me step aside and set you loose. What have you got for us today, Dr. Harvey? Hi, this is Dr. Fred Harvey. We're having some technical difficulties today at WNF. I am a little out of sync because I hear nothing since I heard NPR. And um, I won't be able to take any calls today until we get something going. I may be able to answer some emails. Um, so happy. Now, I can hear you now. Oh, I'm not hearing anything again. <laughs> oh, no, I was just checking on in to be sure you could hear me and going to give you back the show. Okay, great, great. All right, so happy Diwali, everyone. Uh, beautiful uh, Hindu holiday just occurred, um, and uh, we're in the uh, uh, really powerful full moon, or sorry, new moon in Scorpio. This is a time for rebirth um getting ready to launch new things and and leave the past behind i think we all would like to be doing that leaving these past several years behind and move into a new happier glorious future maybe centered on peace and connection 
connection. Um, it's something that somebody I've really adored for decades is back into doing. I don't think she's ever left the stage of helping people. I, I'm sure many people listening to this show remember the name Dr. Ruth. Dr. Ruth Westheimer, um, the sex therapist for America. She was one of the most amazing people I've ever heard speak. And at 95, she's decided that she needs a new career. She wants to be New York City's loneliness ambassador. I think that's really important. It's actually bringing some tears to my eyes because loneliness drives so much dysfunction. We are in an epidemic of loneliness right now. And the New York Times has a very, very good uh, uh, profile on that from April of last year. And really, it, it, it came out of the uh, essentially the cruelty of the pandemic and how it redefined our relationships. So Dr. Ruth wants to um, embark on a new a new thing to actually connect people. And honestly, it was so brilliant for me to read this because it is the direction in which I am taking some of the efforts in my practice for next year. So I'll be working with some very, very interesting people and we'll be bringing out some very new and interesting shows and, and topics, but um, also some new uh, connection um, um, activities. And I really can't wait to um, begin introducing them because loneliness is something that is an epidemic all over. You know, we, we, we are such a, a transient society. People move all the time. We, we actually kind of lose those connections that uh, many people in other nations still maintain um, the connections of, of centuries of being in an area. So um, that said, we're coming into the holiday season where loneliness actually becomes even more difficult because people don't have their loved ones during the holidays. And so I'm going to do a special show on Christmas since nobody's in the studio and I'll just tease you with a little bit of that. And uh, there'll be also a special show on New Year's since nobody will be in the station uh, fielding phone calls. So we're going to have two very interesting shows um, focused on peace, loneliness, connectivity, and uh, a bigger life. Thinking about a bigger life, I was reading in, again, the New York Times because it is one of the best sources of information that covers the gamut of our reality from politics to science, from climate to uh, food, uh, from arts to um, connectivity. <laughs> and one of the things I just read this weekend was that environmental groups cut programs as funding shifts to climate change. Climate is really a huge issue, but there's also a parallel issue that is actually a result of the industry that's creating climate change. We have a toxic crisis at hand and the toxins run the gamut. And we're looking at a really difficult time here um, because in um, 
the last couple of years, we've really shifted focus to climate because it's such a pressing issue. And there are still so many business and uh, um, uh, political groups that deny the reality, the truth of it. And they still create fake science and and fake scientific opinion that uh, is basically paid for by energy companies and industrial polluters to lie to us, to convince us to not do anything about it. And, and it supports our politicians uh, in action as they get paid to not act on these real problems. But the, so we have for years in America allowed our polluting industries to continue polluting. Uh, Europe has gotten a little bit smarter about it, and they've banned something like 1,800 chemicals. We have banned only 11. And we have the best science supposedly on the planet and the most money to deal with this. But, you know, the money's going all up. It's going up to the corporations, to the people who own the stock in the corporations, to the CEOs in the corporations, and they don't really care. They're living in a delusional world where they think they can buy enough detoxification agents to actually have their grandchildren not turn into mutated cancer babies, which is basically what's going to happen if we don't change this issue. And it is just extensive and pervasive and continuous. And I would like to talk more about these toxicants because it's really, really important. But in the meantime, I want to remind people that this is an interactive radio show, and we are on WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. Absolutely, and let's also brag about the show. You're listening to the Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey, and you're invited to participate by calling 813-239-9663 or send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And it breaks my heart that Irene is not in today, but um, we've got Greg answering the phones for us. Back to you there, Dr. Harvey. Thank you. Well, from that article, I decided to do a little bit more research. And one of my favorite resources that I think all of you should be familiar with, and really it's worth going to check out the, the databases that they have, the Environmental Working Group. They are one of the few persistent organizations that continuously inform us about the toxic risks that we are exposed to in our daily living. Environmental Working Group at ewg.org, easy to remember, great place to visit. I'm looking right now at an article they have posted called Forever Chemicals in Freshwater Fish, Mapping a Growing Environmental Justice Problem. Well, I've um, later today posted to um, this site will be um, some links, links that include an interactive map that shows where throughout this nation we have PFAS showing up, the forever chemicals, the polyfluorinated alkyls that kill, that maim, that mutate and destroy life. Um, these things are everywhere. And tend to be uh, uh, in heavily um, um, industrial areas, um, but not just there. There's quite a few areas in Florida, many of them on our um, military bases. And this is a real problem. You know, our government says it cares about veterans, but <laughs> we know the truth. <laughs> They're not dealing with this problem. Uh, there are many, many, many sites throughout this country, uh, hundreds of military sites that are polluted with PFAS, especially Air Force, because they use PFAS as a flame retardant on runways. And so 
we 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 need to understand that this problem is persistent and not going to go away unless we actually force our government to do the right thing. You know, the um, Environmental Protection Agency tries to do its job, but when it's defunded by stupid politicians, when it's harassed by uh, bad politicians, when its policies are thwarted by politicians that support the polluting behaviors of, uh, of, of horrible corporations that don't care in their constituencies because they've been paid well to shut up and sit down, I, it's, it, we have to do something about this. Dark money in politics is a big problem, and it's actually paying for us to be poisoned. And so I think that uh, uh, it's worth it to visit the Environmental Working Group and to look at some of their data, because this is a real problem. And I think uh, we have somebody on the line to talk about. Indeed, we do. I've got David here from St. Pete. Um, Good morning to you, David. Hello, thank you, uh, and thank you, Dr. Harvey, for your your uh, knowledge about toxins. I had a question. I hope it's not off topic. Hello, are you there? Yes, right here. Oh, okay, sir. I heard a noise. Uh, have there been any um, breakthroughs or any hope for breakthroughs in terms of tinnitus caused by exposure to loud noise? Oh, that's a that's a difficult. Um, um, issue. That, that's a toxin too, of, of a sort. You know, it's it, it's toxic to your ears to have uh, high decibel noise hitting those sensitive fibers. Yeah. Once those fibers are damaged, it's really tough to recover. However, I do believe, and I have seen it, witnessed it personally, and other people that toxicity compounds the problem of high frequency hearing loss related tinnitus. Tinnitus actually is a symptom of toxicity. How is that? So, so uh, we have evidence actually uh, from some of the original use of aspirin before we had um, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen and the high-level biologics and prednisone uh, that are used for the autoimmune inflammatory disorders. Aspirin was used in rheumatoid arthritis in high doses. And the way we were told when I was in medical school in the 80s, the way we were told in pharmacology class to dose it was to dose until the person gets tinnitus and then back off by a pill. Wow. (laughs) Yes. And so we know that these chemicals do this damage. And so... um, Personally, um, I noticed that I developed tinnitus of an increasing uh, amount while I was living in my mold toxic house. It seems to be becoming intermittent at this point, but still present. And so um, I, I didn't at the time have significant high frequency hearing loss. So I'm fully believing that my tinnitus is primarily toxicity. And I think that if you get an evaluation for different toxicity, you might find a solution. But the first things, you can start looking for yourself. So use the guide that Environmental Working Group has for food, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. Okay. You know about that guide? Yes, I've heard of it, actually, yes. Yeah, so the Dirty... For people that don't, the Dirty Dozen is the most poisoned foods that you can eat. 
And so you always want to eat those organic. So it'd be things like celery, green peppers, bell peppers, um, hot peppers, uh, blueberries, kale, uh, spinach, potatoes, tomatoes, peaches, apples. All these things are poison if you buy them in conventional agriculture. One peach was shown a couple of years ago to have 17 different pesticides uh, and herbicides on it. Yes, yes. I know a little bit about that with the tomato crop here in Florida. Yes, exactly. And so the, the Clean 15 is the ones that don't get sprayed or you can peel them. And so the, the toxicity is not as much of an issue. But that's a place to start. Uh, make sure you look at your water. The Environmental Working Group has done a, a good job on actually looking at water sources in uh, the country and has mentioned several in Florida that are a problem. And basically, it would include most of Florida. So you want to have filtered water. Yeah. I don't suggest reverse osmosis because it wastes water in a in a parched world. So we want to use high quality filters like yeah. the filter that I use called ATLA, A-T-L-A, is shown to actually bind PFAS. Maybe not all of it, but if you can reduce the amount of exposure to the PFAS, you're in a better place. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for that information. You're so welcome. Have a great day and good luck with your tinnitus. Thank you. Okay, Doki. I've got um, Cindy and Ann on the line, but first I'm going to give on out the uh, calling information again. You are listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show on WMNF Tampa. You are invited to participate in the show by calling 813-239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Okay, let's go to Cindy. Good morning to you, Cindy. Good morning to you, too, and good morning, Dr. Harvey. Hello. Hey. Um, my problem is I have recently developed constipation, and I have, oh. I have developed it because of increased medication from having a seizure. Now, I take, now I'm going to be awful at saying these names. Can it? I, I, let me spell it, L-A-M-O-T-R-I-C-I-N-E. And that has increased to taking one a day and two at night to two a day and two a night. And then I have also taken L-E-V-E-T-I, I guess that's R-A-N-C-E-T-A-N. And that's uh, 500 milligrams a day, uh, a, a time, and that's two a day. And ever since I've been taking those, I have constipation. Now, I do take um, a, a psyllium husks, and I've always done that. And, and, you know, they're not doing anything extra for these. So do you have any notions on what I can take to get rid of this? Because it's very uh, unpleasant. <laughs> yes, no doubt. Um, so both of those medications that you're taking have some anticholinergic properties. Um, that means that they interfere with your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, the uh, That's the system that actually runs peristalsis. So you've got something that actually interferes with forward movement in your bowels. And okay. so that makes it a little more difficult. Um, there are several things that you can do to improve the flow, um, and that is to make sure you're getting enough water. A half ounce per pound of body weight a day is a good place to start. Are you doing that much? I'd have to figure it out. 
All right. Um, so I drink if, several, you know, several big glasses of water, but some days more than others. So I need okay. a half ounce per day per um, pound. Yes. So if you weigh 150 pounds, it's 75 ounces. Okay. And so if you're not getting that, try and get up to that level. And then something else that's really helpful is to uh, take the water with your psyllium. Most people do because they mix it into the water. Some people take it in capsules, but you want to get a good eight ounces at least, maybe 12 with a dose of the psyllium. And then um, magnesium. Magnesium is a great way to get things moving. Magnesium. I, I, I got that? that recently because of this problem, and okay. I don't see any improvement. Well, how much are you taking? I'm taking, let me read on this, 120 milligrams twice a day. Okay, and what is that? Read the back label. What is that magnesium type? It's... Um, Magnesium glycinate. Very good. Okay. So there are different types of magnesium for different purposes. Magnesium glycinate is great for sleep and relaxation because glycine is a relaxer. And it's not quite the same as doing magnesium oxide or magnesium uh, carbonate or magnesium uh, citrate. All three are pretty good at helping with constipation. And hey, wait a minute. Let me say this over again. I've had a brain aneurysm, so some things are a little harder for me. Okay, you said magnesium oxide, citrate, and and carbonate. Yeah, so you can get uh, the carbonate form. I think uh, is in um, and actually, it's actually combined with citric acid. So you end up getting a magnesium citrate when you use calm powder. But you can buy magnesium oxide. Phillips Milk of Magnesia has some peppermint flavor in it. Um, but all of these things, magnesium citrate. Uh, I often have people use the magnesium citrate in a crescendo dose. You start with one twice a day, go to two twice a day, go to three twice a day, go to four twice a day, even to five twice a day as you drink a big glass of water with that. And unless you have kidney problems, you shouldn't have any problem with that much magnesium. You should have talked to your okay. doctor if you do have kidney problems. But um, the... Uh, magnesium then can help things move along because it binds the water and helps things get more fluid. Um, okay, that's so a you real think easy. Magnesium, you think magne magnesium citrate is the best one then? Well, it's actually easy to use because it comes in capsule forms. You can adjust the dose, but so does Calm. You can do that in the powder form and adjust it from a teaspoon to a tablespoon to two tablespoons. And when you get to the point where you're having loose stools, you got to back off a little bit. But then you'll probably have a dose that's going to work for you ongoing. Okay, okay, that would be good because I just—it's just awful now, and I've always been good about having a loose stool because I take the um, um, psyllium. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think a probiotic is really appropriate, too. If you're not taking a good quality probiotic with the good license plates after the names, you know, the alphanumeric uh, numbers after the name of the bacteria, like lactobacillus acidophilus should have like LA110 or, or NCFM or some kind of labeling afterwards so you know that that's really a genetic strain. Get those good quality probiotics, and that should help, too. Okay. Thank Hope that you helps, very Cindy. Much. Okay, bye. Take care. All right, Cindy. Thanks for calling on in. And I've got Ann, sister, and Chris on the lines, but I'm going to make Greg work for it today and give out the phone number again. 
You're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show on WMNF in Tampa. The number to call to participate is 813-239-9663 and continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Good morning to you, Ann. Oh, good morning. Yeah, I wanted to, you talked about loneliness in the beginning. Yes, Ann, yes. And, um, you know, it was Veterans Day on Saturday. It was. Some of us are missing. You know, our veterans, we used to celebrate with them. And now they've gone on to the Memorial Day celebration. So, um, I was just going to say, you know, we were really, I was really, really sad on um, Saturday. And then on Sunday, I decided to go to Skipper's. Um, Reverend Billy C. Works was playing. Oh, yeah. And he played songs like Stick Out Your Can, Here Comes the Garbage Man. And then his famous Snowbird song. And um, Skipper's has a, um, it's a burger, it's black-eyed peas. And it's delicious, and you get a side with it, and it's vegetarian, and it was really, really good. So I'm sitting there eating way too much and and laughing, and I found, and then I was sitting in a shady table all by myself, and then people came and sat with me because I was on you know the shadiest table, and it was funny. That was from the brunches from one to four, mm-hmm. and I just said I just laughed. And I ate, you know, and yes. now I feel great. Wonderful. Know? Laughter is some of the best therapy. And being with people who you're sharing joy with can be so healing. And, and he's going to be back um, this Sunday from 1 to 4. It's the Sunday brunch at Skipper's. And there were very, very few people there. So, um I just think everybody should come on out, and and it's in the it's outside in the open, you know, under the oak trees. So, um, yes, it's a beautiful place, and and thank you, you for mentioning COVID. that. Yeah, you don't get COVID because you're outside if you're worried about it, you know. Right, but, right. Um, so it was just it was just wonderful, and um, and that's so right because you know some of us are just. It's just really, really hard, you know? Yes, I agree. And um, uh, I I missed it last week, but I will mention it. Uh, Thanks, veterans, for your service. And um, I I really pray that our government respects you more and and does better in taking care of especially the mental health issues that come from serving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so thank you. Thank you, Ann. Thank you very much, Ann. And I've got um, Sister from Tampa on the line. Good morning, Sister. Thank you, Dr. Harvey. You're welcome. What do you think of an MRI on my breast? Uh, Because I can't have a mammogram due to an injury that the doctor caused me from trying to get a tissue and he, he didn't even get it. So, um, what's an MRI on the breast? Um, I imagine they they do an IV of uh, something. What what do you think about that procedure? Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yes, uh, the breast MRI 
is not the first line um, screening tool, but the it is a very valid screening tool. Uh, it does require for the best definition to get the injection of uh, contrast medium to help delineate what's going on in the breast. But the bottom line is the procedure is good. It's just that radiologists um, don't recommend it first um, because it is a little more expensive, actually. And uh, uh, the the um, research done on the mammogram uh, makes it really the gold standard. It It is highly effective at finding what's going on, but you can use the breast MRI as a substitute, especially in uh, people who have uh, breast implants because you don't want to really uh, uh, compress the breast implants, uh, uh, especially large breast implants, as much as is needed to get the tissue definition on a mammogram. Thank you so much. No breast implants here. Just want to stay healthy. Thank you. Yes, good. Keep it up then, sister. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bless you. All righty, and with that, I've got Chris from Clearwater on the line here. Good morning, Chris. Uh, good morning. I was uh, wondering, what do you think, doctor, about uh, the studies? I just emailed you. I don't know if you had a chance to check them out on the PFAS you're mentioning, uh, per and polyfluoroalkyl compounds uh, found in face masks, and um, also an NIH study from last April, um, another uh, separate study. Uh, the one I just mentioned is regarding a March 30, uh, 2022 study. But uh, this is from uh, NIH last April on toxic volatile organic compounds uh, in N95 masks that uh, expose um, the wearers to uh, dangerous, uh, uh, dangerous levels of toxic compounds linked to seizures and cancer, um, those T-Vox I was mentioning. And, and uh, it's interesting that they're fluorinated compounds, you know, fluorine being such a pretty radical uh, electron needy uh, compound uh, that uh, then becomes fluoride once it binds with with something. And what's it doing to our environment? Uh, not just the wares, but, uh, you know, the environment, the landfills are questions that, that I think should be addressed. That's such a deep question, Chris. And yeah, we know they're there. Uh, trace amounts have been found um, in many of the uh, um, N95 masks, uh, 3M's standard N95 respirators have um, 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 some PFAS, trace amounts they call it. I don't know what that level specifically means, but um, the the reality is that um, they are present and that they do cause problems. And uh, we really, you know, these aren't even like in part of the process. They're like a parallel in 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 the processing. There, it's it's a it's a side product of of creating the 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 fibers and and plastics that go into the mask and and purifying and uh, uh, the the fibers to make paper and such like that. So it's it's really going to be a a complete overhaul in the way. Uh, these chemical giants utilize chemicals. We, we we just can't let them continue to do this. But until we stop the uh, revolving door between the financial drug administration and 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 poison creators and the uh, uh, 
uh, EPA and poison creators, uh, it's going to be real difficult. And until we get dark money out of politics, you know, Citizens United nailed the coffin lid shut on our ability to see who's buying our politicians. Honestly, I really want to know. Uh, I want every line item in every one of those secret political destruction committees. I want to know every line item. I want to know which Russians are buying which politicians, which Chinese are buying which politicians, which oligarchs want to own them all. It's really an important question. And until we can actually have a law that ends the 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 the, the absurdity of the Citizens United decision, we're in trouble. Yeah, and, and what do you think about, uh, have you heard about uh, using ionized water, not just for drinking, but for soaking your food? That's what I do, even if it's organic, being concerned about chemtrails and such, the pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides, and uh, that uh, because it electrostatically draws out or adsorbs the positively charged or free radical causing oxidative uh, contaminants, including germs. So uh, that's, you know, I've not seen studies on longer. it. That's, I've not seen any studies on it. It's an interesting hypothesis, but I've not seen anything that would suggest that it's a good thing to do, like it's going to result in a, a change. All right. Oh, there's a really good book, um, Confessions of a Skeptical Physician by, um, oh gosh, his name um, is... Uh, um, <laughs> he explains the, the physics of it, um, I'm trying to remember his name right now. Well, I understand the theory. Um, I'm just not sure I've seen any evidence that it would do anything. Uh, I was at a conference on the weekend, and the question came up about ozonating your food. And there's so many layers of questions to that. I mean, ozone's uh, an oxidative stressor. So if you do that to those molecules, maybe you're going to get oxidized uh, toxins too. So thank you, Chris. Yeah. I think we have a couple more yeah. on the line. Oh, that was Dr. Tim McKnight, by the way, uh, MD. But yeah, Thank yeah, you. Um, you know, the molecular hydrogen is what uh, electrostatically draws out in the water, draws out the um, the positively charged uh, toxins. Whereas the yes, that theory is is the a good one. I just yeah, want to see the, the studies the that show that it actually does it. So thank you, Chris. Have a great day. All right. All right. I got uh, Katira has a uh, question about magnesium. Good morning to you, Katira. Hello. Hi. Hi. I was wondering about uh, what you would take for your bones to help your bones, um, what type of magnesium? Well, actually, I think uh, the key for bone health is protein. Um, it is the protein matrix of the bones that holds the calcium in place. And I think that when you make sure that you get a uh, half uh, 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 or uh, yeah, a half ounce of, of or sorry, um, a gram of protein for half your body weight in pounds or a gram of protein for your kilogram body weight um, per day, you're supporting the bones. If you have osteoporosis or osteopenia already, you probably need to get more to um, um, 75 percent of that instead of, um, um, uh, say, for a 100 pound person, 50 grams go to 75 grams because you need the protein to build the matrix, to build the collagen that actually makes the bones resilient. You also need exercise because exercise causes um, micro fractures in the crystalline structure of the bone, which causes signaling, little electronic signaling, electrical signaling to the bone cells to get to work remodeling and rebuilding the bone. Those two are foundational. And then 
you want to get calcium and magnesium primarily from food sources. You know, if you eat a cup of collard greens that are boiled, you get one third of your daily calcium value. You also get a significant amount of magnesium there. Um, and so magnesium in the form of um, any form, really, uh, they're, they're all magnesiums and they all help balance out the calcium. The calcium from in, from bone is a really good place because calcium hydroxyapatite, which is a phosphate calcium, that's exactly what's in your bone structure and your body can use that to rebuild your bone. Calcium what? <laughs> calcium hydroxyapatite. It's bone calcium. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, all, it's also calcium, I believe, APAP, you might find it on a label, but um, it's a calcium phosphate and that is your bone calcium. And so those are all good things to do for the bone. And vitamin D is very critical. Uh, even here in Florida, I see people with vitamin D deficiencies. So I recommend somewhere between 2,000 and 5,000 units a day to maintain good bone health. Yeah, I take vitamin D3. My The orthopedic surgeon was telling me that I might need magnesium. So I don't know what form to take. Yes, I just said any form of magnesium is good. You probably want to take a, a, a two to one calcium to magnesium ratio and um, you will get good results. Okay. Thank you so much for your help. You're welcome, Katara. Okay. I've got Travis waiting in line here, but I know that Greg's sitting in the control room and he's just kicking back, taking it easy now that we're not getting any more callers. So I'm going to tell folks you are listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And you can participate by calling 813-239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And let's go to Travis in Riverview. Good morning, Travis. Hi, good morning. Hi there. Um, I, I do want to say, Dr., that, uh, of course, <laughs> you're spot on with the magnesium because my neurologist uh, recently prescri- or prescribed what you had, you had been saying all morning, and I had been getting uh, so much better night sleep just from Excellent. taking that magnesium. I think it's 400 milligrams at night, and it's the one that you mentioned. Glycinate. Yes, not the other ones because I also I have IBS and all of that. So you're spot on, and I encourage the listeners to to listen to you because uh, obviously you know what you're talking about. Uh, but my I had two other questions, and I don't want to take up too much time. But um, like you mentioned, it was uh, Veterans Day, and uh, I have many people in my family that are veterans, and uh, you're 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 so right that. Our government doesn't take care of them. And my uh, one of my brother's uh, father-in-law developed Parkinson's, and he was stationed in one of the bases in the Carolinas, I think. And they recently yeah, it's one of the most concentrated areas for PFAS yeah, contamination. Exactly. And uh, so, I mean, it's finally, you know, coming out more in the news that these these are better, you know, these soldiers, these young men and women back then were exposed to, to these toxins. And look what they're yes. doing to their life now in retirement. Instead of enjoying it, they're debilitating and dying, and it's sad. 
But um, apart, and so I'm, I totally agree. And just real briefly before I ask uh, my final question, uh, I traveled when I was in the Peace Corps uh, station in Mongolia. I traveled through uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, and to still see the devastating effects of Agent Orange on mm-hmm. the civilization there. We're talking, I did it, I traveled there in 2017, 2018, and you know, I was on a bus with uh, other uh, Peace Corps uh, volunteers, and we're traveling through the villages and just looking out the window at the rice paddies and whatnot, and you'll see kids with deformities and people, you know, teenagers with all kinds of deformities, and yes. it's uh, it's just heartbreaking and sickening because it didn't have to happen, it didn't need to happen, and yet it did happen. And you know, the United States government still isn't doing anything about that. And I think right. Orange was produced, manufactured by uh, Mon- Monsanto. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, Monsanto and Bear, they, the poisoners of the Monsanto. planet. Yeah, Monsanto. And, and guess what? They also do soybeans, and they have the... Uh, yeah, they the, have the GMO uh, um, poison factory. And if somehow some crow drops a, a one of their soybeans in a, in a pharma, farmer's field somewhere else, and it grows, that farmer gets sued and bankrupt by Monsanto, even though it's not Sometimes. the fault. Yes. But... Uh, all of that to say here in, in Tampa also, we still have brown sites. I mean, on Waters and Del Mabry, as far as I know, that corner right there uh, was a, was a brown, it is a brown site. We have and lots in Florida. Um, I think in Sarasota yeah. County alone, there were supposed to be 64 different uh, Superfund sites that have yet to be dealt with because they're paved over. And the uh, 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 gasoline tanks and the... Um, 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 what else is in there? Uh, uh, dry cleaning fluids. They're all in the ground underneath the pavement. And they're they are oh, yeah. leaching down into the uh, water table. So we have lots of problems. We have a lot of cleanup to well, do. And and it's time to start dealing with it. Not, absolutely. And not only that, I used to work for, uh, I hate to say it, one of the evil, evil empires of the capitalist uh, 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 yeah, uh, economy. We, we all have to have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> an insurance company, and uh, we would insure uh, um, bond uh, contractors that would uh, drill deep injection wells to dispose of wastewater into the supposedly below the aquifer. Well, yeah, that's what and they're that, doing in Manatee County. Those yeah, psychos they, decided to actually inject uh, radioactive gypsum stack water below the aquifer. Brilliant probably. move. Probably the Youngquist brothers, because I know exactly who they are. That's the company. No idea who uh, the commissioners were at the time, but thank you. Um, oh, no, and no, I have more callers on. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I have a full fine. board, my friend. It's time to move on. Have a great day. Thanks for okay. your input. Thanks. Yeah, bye-bye. All righty, and indeed we do have a full board. I've got Christina, Jennifer, Darlene, Sarah, and the caller unknown. So let's go to Christina. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, everybody. Um so, Dr. Harvey, you've talked in previous shows about the benefits of iodized salt. And yes. I, um, with my EPI, my microscopic colitis, I, I cook very blandly with minimal organic spices and whatnot, and I bake everything 
So I tend to rely a lot on salt and pepper when I, when I bake chicken or what have you. And I, this is a two-part question about salt. The first question is, where, how, what form of iodized salt can I find? Would it be iodized sea salt? And on that same note, I did go hunting for some iodized sea salt. It's very difficult to find. I looked in Publix, which I know doesn't carry a grandiose amount of uh, natural products, but they did have one uh, big-name company that, was, that had iodized sea salt. Unfortunately, when you look on the ingredient list, in addition to the iodized sea salt, they're putting, I don't know, things I don't know what they are, dextrose, tricalcium phosphate, what have you. Um, is it possible to find an iodized sea salt out there that just as you look on the ingredients and all it is is the sea salt? That's my first question. Um, is sea salt the best way to go versus Himalayan and all the other options they have now? And my second question is, um, I don't suffer from high blood pressure. If anything, my blood pressure tends to run a little low. Um, I do have high cholesterol, but no high blood pressure. Is it okay for me to be eating, you know, salt every day? Um, yeah, I think uh, um, salt actually is a good thing to eat if you're eating the right kinds of salt. Um, the problem is most uh, commercial salt doesn't uh, come clean. And so if you... Uh, um, I don't really have a, a problem with tricalcium phosphate. I haven't read anything really terribly bad about that. Um, uh, the uh, um, Hain seasonings, um, iodized sea salt, does contain dextrose. I don't know why they put it in. It's not an anti-caking agent. It makes no sense to me, but there's some dextrose in there. But uh, the total carbohydrates per serving is zero, and that's a quarter teaspoon. And so there's less than a gram uh, of, so of sugar in that. So really sure really not sure why it's there but um it's um uh about i think as clean as you're going to get if you're going to do iodized sea salt the reason i suggest iodized sea salt is that sea salt itself doesn't have a lot of um iodine in it and so uh you could take some uh, uh iodine uh you know ancillary iodine but um the uh Unless, unless you want to eat sea vegetables and, and eating sea vegetables, uh, you know, seaweed snacks is not a bad idea. It will actually get you the uh, iodine you need. There is no added iodine in pink Himalayan salt, and the pink comes from um, iron, from what I understand. But it is a sea salt. It's, a, it's a, not just sodium chloride, but it doesn't have the iodine in. Okay. Yeah, so sea salt is the best way to go. And um, since I do probably eat a little bit more salt than your average person, Given that I don't have high blood pressure, are there dangers to salt outside of high blood pressure? Well, I don't think that actually um, uh, there are a lot of dangers for it unless you have kidney or heart failure problems. And if you eat the right kind of salt and you're not eating all of the toxins with it and uh, eating uh, a lot of uh, uh, fructose sugar with it, you're probably not going to get a lot of hypertension from it. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways you stress out the vascular system that would make salt intake worse. But if you're in a healthy state, salt is good for you. Okay. Okay, great. All right. And black pepper also, I, I see that in the research, it, it doesn't exist. That's what I read online. You can't buy organic black pepper. <laughs> it just comes the way it comes. Um not sure about that, but um, uh, if uh, it's not organic, it's probably not sprayed because I bet not many pests eat pepper plants. Okay, great. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Harvey. You're welcome. We're looking at seven or eight minutes left, the lightning round. So um, I've got Jennifer. Let's go talk to her. Good morning, Jennifer. 
Hello. Hi. Hi, Hi Dr. There. Harvey. Uh, what you quick, got? Hopefully, quick question for you. I was just recently diagnosed with Graves' disease, probably about four or five weeks ago, and I've been on five milligrams of methamphetamine uh, daily. And my my T eight or my T four is on the higher range of normal. My TSH is is they can't even find anything. It's usually like point zero. I'm wondering sure. if there are any supplements or anything that I should really consider when trying to deal with this. I don't really have a lot of symptoms right now, but I just So you should consider that you have actually an autoimmune disease and the first steps would be go on an autoimmune diet, get rid of grain, get rid of dairy, get rid of maybe eggs and get rid of beans. Um, there are many toxins in those foods. Um, the grains are full of pesticides and mycotoxins. The beans are full of mycotoxins and sometimes pesticides. And uh, dairy is just uh, pasteurized dairy is just an allergen. It causes autoimmunity. It triggers autoimmunity. So first things first, clean up the diet, get rid of that stuff, and then make sure your gut's doing well because the gut's the source of much autoimmune disease. So I would suggest you get that in order. Okay. So then any, I mean, I, I eat cottage cheese daily for sources of protein because I don't really, I don't really eat meat until dinner. So are there other good yeah. sources? I eat a lot of beans too, unfortunately. So other yes. sources of protein to have throughout the day. I would I would do pastured meat um, and uh, possibly some pastured eggs so that you get um, real eggs and and not uh, uh, stuff full of toxins. Because when when the the birds get fed grain, they get mycotoxins and you get mycotoxins in your eggs. Okay, okay. I will. I'll look out for those. I'll look up for diet. look up the. Wall's diet, W-A-H-L-S diet. It's a food okay. pyramid, starts with vegetables, and the vegetables all are low toxin vegetables, low low mold and low pesticide, and lean grass-finished meat. There's some great farms here in Florida where you can get grass-finished meat, um, and grass-finished is important because grass-fed and finished on grain for four months to fatten them up means they're going to be full of toxins. Uh, okay, that's good to know. All right, yeah, I will look that up. Thank you. Good, good. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. I've, I've got Darlene here and plenty more on the board, but I think we're going to be reaching close to the end. Let's go to Darlene. Hello there. Hi, Dr. Harvey. I Hi, Darlene. Hi. Um, there's uh, a, I need to know where I can go to get competent, substantial evidence to support my opposition to a cell tower that they're going to be putting up in a residential district here close to our homes. Um, it's going well, you're going to have you're going to have a, a real struggle with that because the government's committed to cell towers. Um, it's part of the rollout of connectivity. And so um, you can check out the environmental working group. You can check out the IS. EAI, the International Society for Environmental Acquired Illness. Um, uh, I, you can I, check ISEAI, -E the International okay. Society for Environmentally Acquired Illness. These people are the experts in uh, this kind of toxins. Uh, you might also look for the American Academy of Environmental Medicine. These are all very good sources to look for people who can tell you more about it. Okay, so that's the environmental... Reacquired illness? Yes, I-S-E-A-I, -I, the A-A-E-M, and E-W-G. All three of those are good sources. Okay. Thank you, Darlene. 
I think I should move on. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. Well, let's go to take a chance on John. John, you got about a minute to get your thoughts through. Good morning, John. Hey, Dr. Harvey. I'll make it quick. I just recently quit smoking weed after many, many years. The yes. First, the first three days, I, I didn't eat anything. I've already lost seven or eight pounds. Still wow. don't have an appetite. Still don't have an appetite, and it's been about a week. Um, is there anything I can do to, to get my appetite back? That's a good question. I've never actually had that one posed, uh, but it is interesting. Um, You're going to have autonomic nervous system changes when you quit using a medication like cannabis. Um, It has all kinds of nervous, you know, uh, stimulate and and, uh, uh, inhibitory properties. And so I would say give it a full three weeks to see how this pans out. But exercise may actually stimulate your appetite. Sure. All right. Well, thank you. I do that every day. I do that every day. So uh, excellent. Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So um, I have one email here, uh, a a quick one. um, And I've been trying to do intermittent fasting. And my question is, if you have coffee or tea in the morning and you add a plant-based milk, does that end the fast? Yes, it does. Um, It's only a couple of calories, but it's still, you're not supposed to have any calories. Um, Black would be the way to go, um, and so and I am I'm, I'm a fan of the master cleanse. I believe that's the uh, uh, hot pepper, maple syrup, and lime lemon juice or something cleanse. It's interesting. I'm not sure if it does anything very specific, but um, <laughs> it's uh, an interesting way of doing fasting. So on that, um, yes, we're going to be doing another AMA show next week, and um, I think uh, we have. Um, some really interesting things coming up in December and January and in next year. So uh, just look for some new stuff. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you, Greg, for the phones and Bill, as usual, an awesome job. I've just had a a hoot here and I thank you for a wonderful show and give my apologies to Nan and Sari and have them call back next week for the AMA show. And to everyone else, stay healthy. Take care. You've been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming right on up is five minutes of NPR news and then get ready for the sustainable living show hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. And until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved. <laughs>